Hi, you're listening to the Rosenfeld Review. I'm Lou Rosenfeld, your host. Today is all about design operations, and uh, we have a fantastic guest who knows maybe more about design ops as, uh, as, as an industry uh, more than anyone on the planet at this point in time. That's Angelos Arnis, who uh, many of you know. He's, he's been involved in many design operations events as the curator of the uh, Joint Futures Conference. Uh, he is the design ops lead at the Posty Group. That's basically, for those of us who aren't in Finland, that's the, the post office in Finland. Angelos, welcome. Thank you very much for having me here, Lugan, <laughs> for the great intro as well. Well, it's great to have you. Uh, Angelos is joining us. Uh, f- um, I can see him, and he's in a like a very <laughs> kind of... Uh, He's got the lights down low. It's about 9.30 p.m. on uh, a Thursday night in uh, Helsinki. And he's drinking, uh, looks like a glass of red wine. Tell me that's red wine and not juicy juice for your kid. Yeah, unfortunately, it's Pepsi Max, but I could have told wine as well. I'm, I'm shocked. I always assume anyone <laughs> in Europe is so much more sophisticated than, than I am. And yeah, we'd be, be drinking would the be finest wine. Probably. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Angelos. Um, Angelos is speaking uh, at the uh, Design Ops Summit we're putting on. I think it's number five, Angelos. I can't believe it. And it's going to be September 29th through October 1st. And this one is virtual. Hopefully the last all virtual or only virtual one we'll ever do. Fingers crossed. Uh, And Angelos is giving a talk on his research on the State of Design Ops 2021 Global Report. And so... I've convinced him uh, to give us a few highlights, to give us a taste of his research. So let's start off by just talking about the research itself. What did you do? How many people did you talk with? What instruments did you use to try to get at the state of design ops? Yeah, so it started with, uh, first of all, with me wanting to understand myself more of what everyone else is doing because uh, you know, I want to have an idea if what I want to do at my job is the right thing to do. So what's best than to ask a lot of other people, what are they doing as well? So this is how it started as an idea. And um, how many have you done so wanted- far? I'm sorry. This is what number is this two, three, or you've done this. Is this uh, the first one? This is the first one. I feel like you were doing this in the past. I know you were asking good (laughs) questions. Maybe I just assume you went ahead and answered them a year or two ago. But now, regardless, it's great that you're putting it together in something uh, uh, formal. Yeah, yeah. It's a a good basis to start from, I think, now. Because, like, we have now something. And the next year, uh, we're going to do also comparisons because we're going to have the data from this year and hopefully more data next year by like possibly letting more people in into mm-hmm. this um, this research but yeah the, the second part was to actually do research and kind of like um train my skills understand what kind of tools i can use in scrappy ways of course kind of like you know i didn't have a budget for this or or a company to to back me up so like those two were the the main drivers and so yeah i started by um searching basically online and finding um, benchmarking other types of like um, state of something or 
um, you know, researches that just out there. And so I started formulating them the questions and I used um, type form for uh, asking the questions through a survey. And then when I got all the questions answered by many people and I just put a deadline as well. Um, then after the deadline, I started um, to analyze the data with um, Tableau mm -hmm. uh, Public, which was the, the free version of, uh, of Tableau. Mm -hmm. So like I had this uh, free tool, so to speak, that they were really giving me this um, hands-on experience to to do this this work. And what were the big questions? Big questions. Um, well, of course, because I also asked online a lot of people to give me ideas, like what kind of questions do you want to get answered? A lot of people obviously were uh, asking about um, uh, roles, about uh, salaries, about the activities as well, the things that I was interested in. Um, and um, yeah, I think these were kind of like, you know, the, the main subjects. That, did, you, uh, did you find that, uh, so uh, obviously you got questions from the community as well as answers. Mm -hmm. So when you were getting those questions, were you seeing questions that seemed to be um, coming from people who were trying to relate design ops to their organizations? They're asking about team size, things like that. Or were they asking more typically about their own careers, how to get into design ops, what you, you mentioned salary, things about how they should function in design mm -hmm. ops? I think it's a mixture of those things uh, because um, through the data, uh, we can see that uh, obviously it's a profession that it's rather young uh, and people are kind of like, you know, getting into it. Uh, and some of them have been there for like a year or a little bit more. Some of them have been for, for a long time, it seems. But uh, but those numbers were, of course, kind of like lower than, than the ones who are uh, entering them. Mm -hmm. the profession itself so of course many questions would be around like m my guess is well what is the typical salary i want to know if uh, i'm getting what i'm worth for example or how can i how can i move forward so i want to ask about uh, what kind of levels of design ops roles exist like can i go to director if i'm a um, lead designer for example can i can i go up is there a ladder mm -hmm. So um, one of the things I always find really hard about doing any type of um, survey uh, over a global audience, especially when you're talking about things like money, is how that's different from place to place. And, yeah. you know, place can, isn't just countries, it's also places within countries. What uh, someone is earning in, in London might be very different than what they're earning in Newcastle. So... Um, mm -hmm. Did you have a, did you rely, are you relying mostly on a tool like Tableau to allow people to slice and dice the data as much as um, uh, they need to? Or are you having to do any kind of, oh, I don't know, correcting or normalizing of, of responses based on things like geography? Um, I've done some cross-cut comparisons between basically location and, and salary. Um, first of all, I think one of the questions was, um, how much do you earn 
and we had to set a basis. So that was like, how much do you earn in US dollars? Mm-hmm. And then asking, where is your salary based? Like, is it in Europe, for example, or in some other place in US? But, but of course, it was also an open question. So like people could tell us uh, exactly the, the place that they were. And so you can, um, sorry. And so I did this cross-cut comparison where um, I put the, um, the countries and then how much people earn in that country. And then you can see in one of the um, annex slides that we have towards the end of the report that um, that many people in the US gain that much money. And then in the in Europe, it looks a little bit different perhaps. And then in the rest of the world, it also looks a little bit more different. Um, so there's, there's many differences, but the highest salaries are in the US, so it seems at least. Okay, so that's not surprising. U.S. is uh, on the high end. Um, talk a little bit about that. Is it way higher than in other parts of the world? And uh, I'm also wondering anecdotally if you have a sense of how design op salaries compare to, um, I don't know, the salaries of uh, independent contributors or, or other people who might be on design teams. Yeah, so... As an example, in the U.S., uh, the majority of the participants of the research are reporting a salary of 100K to more than 200K, Uh, while in Europe, the majority of the participants report a salary of uh, 50K to 99K. So, like, uh, you can see the difference in the region specifically, but, of course, we have to take into account the... um, Mm, like things like taxation and welfare and all right. that kind of thing that are there. Um, I know from from the European uh, perspective, for example, from my previous jobs, that the salary of a design ops professional doesn't seem to uh, to bring you a salary rise, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I'm not sure what that means in in US terms and if there's a certain boost that comes with the, with a position as well. Oh, interesting. So um, I've always operated under the assumption that uh, a design ops role is is a reasonable um, jumping off point to go into a, 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 a more of a leadership role for the whole design organization. Uh, so maybe it doesn't uh, bring you up higher salary-wise, but it positions you and... Um, uh, and puts you in a good place. Why don't we, uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back and talk about uh, how um, design ops uh, fits into sort of the broader uh, career evolution path that, uh, that people look at uh, these days in design. So let's take a quick break. You're listening to the Rosenfeld Review. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you want more, not only do we have a whole bunch of podcasts in our archive, we have something that's very current, very alive, and very engaging for groups, and that is our communities. Rosenfeld Media runs a variety of communities that meet on a monthly basis for video conferences on a variety of topics near and dear to UX people, ranging from an enterprise experience to advancing research to design and research operations. I want to encourage you to join one of our communities. Again, it is free by going to rosenfeldmedia.com communities. Not only will you get uh, 
a monthly video conference that you can listen in on and participate in, ask questions and so forth. We'll give you access to the recordings. And uh, for some of those communities, we're talking about dozens of recordings with really interesting presenters and facilitators. You'll also get a newsletter. You'll get access to an advice columnist. Yes, we actually are providing advice columnists for each community. And finally, if you're interested in our conferences, our communities correspond to our conferences. So you will be the first to know when programs, uh, when programs go live, uh, when tickets go on sale, and by the way, most of our conferences sell out, and other good things about our conferences, such as uh, when the scholarship applications open up. So go to rosenfeldmedia.com communities. You're going to find something that's free, something that's interesting, and it's a great opportunity to find your tribe as well. We'll see you there. Welcome back to the Rosenfeld Review. I'm Lou Rosenfeld with my guest, Angelos Arnis, uh, one of the speakers at uh, the upcoming Design Ops Summit. Hoping to see you there September 29th through October 1. It's a virtual conference. Uh, Angelos is talking about the uh, State of Design Ops uh, uh, report for, uh, for this year. He's just wrapping up the research. He's going to be sharing uh, many of the results uh, at the summit. Uh, so it's very fresh. It's not out yet. It's going to be out in, in the, the days to come. And we were talking about career evolution just a little while ago before the break. So one way we can often understand career evolution is um, it's, it's a hard thing to ask about, but you can sort of uncover aspects of it by looking at things like how senior the role is. Uh, is it seen as like a, a leadership role, a management role? Uh, and uh, to whom uh, does a design ops person typically report? So have you been able to delve into those areas in the report? Yes, yes. And um, it's quite interesting to see that uh, most of the people or a big majority of the people identify as a manager. Uh, another big majority identify as a director or senior director. And then the third bigger majority in that sense is also identifying as a lead lead designer or design ops lead or something like that and uh, those are the three that are noticeable right away and then of course it goes all the way to senior or individual contributor and so on and typically those people um, design ops people uh, report to uh, people like the head of design Mm -hmm. or a VP or a chief operations officer, even a chief of staff, for example. This was uh, one of the answers there. And the next level, if what, what I'm guessing is that uh, this organization might have established a design ops organization within that uh, design organization, they have a head of design ops or a design ops lead who the rest of the uh, design ops people or program managers they report to. Got it. Okay. So um, that gives a good flavor of the positioning of, of the person uh, who's doing design ops. But what about the organizations themselves? Let's pivot to, to understanding the role uh, uh, that design ops is taking in terms of uh, is, it, is it something we're seeing in large organizations or all kinds of sizes? 
Uh, is there any sort of connection between the maturity of the practice and the size of the organization? What, what are you finding about the positioning of the practice? The, the companies are all over the place. So like um, there's quite many startups that they also have uh, design ops people. Um, and there might be, for example, five designers and then a design ops person. And um, then there's, of course, companies that there are more than 20,000 people inside the company. And um, and then you also find, of course, designers and design ops people in there. Um, I cannot specifically recall right now any uh, specific ratio that would be very interesting to to find because um, uh, I tried to do some cross cut analysis between design team and design ops people in those teams, and the numbers were really all over the place. Like there were no ratios to to begin with. What what I found interesting specifically was that um, teams are of designers people are rather small. So you will often find uh, teams that they have one designers person per five designers, or also one designers person for 200 designers as Mm -hmm. well. So although the teams of designers, they might be huge, for example, like 200 people, still the, the teams of the design ops people are rather small. So sounds like a lot of things are all over the place still, which is not really surprising given the the youth of design operations. Um, yeah. Well, let me just ask you one more question. Uh, one last question really is, is what in general are you surprised by? What's been really interesting to you as you've, you've gone through your research? One of the most interesting tidbits of, uh, of the report was uh, that half of the participants are are women. So Mm -hmm. this is not a male dominated um, profession, which is refreshing to to see. And I really enjoyed uh, seeing people responding to questions like uh, whether they were uh, remote before COVID, for example. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of them reported that they were rarely remote or one or two days per week uh, before the pandemic hit. But then after the pandemic hit, 90% of the participants are exclusively remote. And most of them either have no plans to yet go to the office, or they have plans to have a hybrid mix of work, remote or to the office, whatever they, they choose, or maybe based on you know what the team wants, for example. Uh, and many, of course, have switched to exclusively remote uh, like period. So this is like a new normal in a way. That's interesting and uh, not entirely surprising, but um, no. I'm really excited that we have um, uh, Diane Gregorio and Cami Reyes doing a workshop at the at the uh, Design Ops Summit on, um, on managing, oh, yeah. designing, developing hybrid approaches for design organizations. Mm-hmm. And good Lord... Um, we all need that. Well, Angelos, you've just given us a, a, a lot of stuff to think about, and it's just a taste of, of the much larger report. I, I want to congratulate you uh, on the hard work you've been doing over months and months, and, and thank you for doing it. I mean, you're doing a real service uh, to the whole industry, and knowing you, it's not surprising uh, that you would do such a thing. So thanks for your generosity. Um, I'd like to finish uh, all of our podcasts with a, a quick request for 
someone, something that's really stood out for you, something, a, 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 a person, a book, an article that's really changed the way you think or has really helped you in your work? Does anything come to mind? Yeah, so um, to understand the, the different work streams or activities of design ops people in their in their daily work, I took um, I, I read this amazing article by Rachel Postman that was called A Pocket Guide to Design Operations. It's a really eye-opening um, article for anyone who is interested to really understand what's going on in, in this uh, profession. But uh, nevertheless, it gave me a basis to ask questions to people in regards to those work streams. Like, for example, uh, what aspects of communications are you using in your daily job and what aspects of partnerships and uh, and culture and so on so like um, we have a very good basis to understand what design of people are doing and i think that uh, many people will find that very eye-opening also uh, a lot of people who are just starting their careers on this specific profession and they they want to get a clearer picture well, that's great. Uh, we love Rachel Postman. She uh, did a fantastic job presenting at last year's uh, uh, Design Ops Summit. And uh, again, the reference, and we'll put the, the link in our description, A Pocket Guide to Design Operations. It's a, a piece Rachel wrote and published on Medium. Okay, well, Angelos, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Angelos uh, Arnis, Design thank Ops so Lead at Posty Group. We'll see you uh, in a few weeks at the summit. Yes, and if I can say, I'm going to have some data from some qualitative interviews as well there. So um, we will see some more questions that I couldn't just uh, quantify and make them uh, as part of a survey. So some qualitative to go along with your quantitative. That makes me smile. Thanks for that. All right. Thanks again, Angelos. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Rosenfeld Review brought to you by Rosenfeld Media. If you like our show, please subscribe and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. I'd love it if you tell a friend to have a listen and check out our website for over 100 podcasts with other interesting people. You'll find them all at rosenfeldreview.com.